Welcome to the Valley Labor Report. My name is Adam Keller, and this is Shop Talk, our Thursday morning episode we're producing every week with a focus on labor education, history, and training. It's Thursday, August 24th, and we're broadcasting live from Spice Radio Studio in the heart of the Tennessee Valley in Huntsville, Alabama. Every episode is live streamed on YouTube and Facebook and is released on your favorite podcasting platform in the coming days. Today on the show, we're going to talk about new employee orientations. Been on a big labor history kick lately, so we're going to go back to training and hopefully provide some valuable content for you union activists and organizers out there. Before we get into that, I want to take a moment to thank our very first sponsor for Shop Talk. And y'all do let me know if we're sounding good today. So at the Valley Labor Report, we are big fans of Labor Notes. Labor Notes is a media and organizing project that since 1979 has been the voice of union activists who want to put the movement back in the labor movement. Through their magazine, website, books, conferences, and workshops, Labor Notes promotes organizing, aggressive strategies to fight concessions, alliances with worker centers, and unions that are run by their members. Labor Notes is also a network of rank-and-file activists, local union leaders, and labor activists who know the labor movement is worth fighting for. They encourage connections between workers in different unions, worker centers, communities, industries, and countries to strengthen the movement from the bottom up. With 40 years of movement, movement building behind them, Labor Notes exists as a resource for leaders and union members who want to chart a new course for the labor movement. At the Valley Labor Report, we are proud subscribers and supporters, and we encourage our listeners to do the same. Go to labornotes.org to find out more. So, as I mentioned, today we're going to talk about new employee orientations and what you and your union could and should be doing about them. And I know that's not necessarily everyone's cup of tea. If you're not a union officer you're not an an aspiring union officer, you know, maybe this isn't necessarily, uh, you know, the sexiest topic in the world, but it is really important, especially for those of us here in the South, those of us in right-to-work states where we have to work hard to recruit members into the union. And an episode like this is part of why we do Shop Talk. Uh, The idea is that we can produce content that has some value for union leaders right, whether you're a steward or an officer or staffer or you're a potential leader, an aspiring leader, uh, and you'd like to learn more. We want to provide some episodes like this that are kind of evergreen that folks can come back to over time 
uh, folks can share with new leaders as they meet new leaders, that kind of thing. So I'm going to talk about why new employee orientations are important and why this work for the union is important. I'm going to share a checklist of important items. And then we're going to go through each part of the checklist in a little bit more detail and then wrap up with some major takeaways. Today we're going to be using AFGE Leader's Guide to New Employee Orientation. Longtime listeners know that my co-host Jacob Morrison is a very active member of AFGE 1858 here in Huntsville, Alabama. AFGE has been a longtime sponsor and supporter of the Valley Labor Report. Really appreciate what those brothers and sisters do for all the federal government employees. And they have put out this really fantastic resource. So I'm going to use it heavily today uh, because why reinvent the wheel, right? It's really good. Again, it's called AFGE Leader's Guide to New Employee Orientation. Really recommend you check that out. Uh, download a copy of it, print it out, mark it up. It is very helpful. And I do recognize that not everything I say is necessarily going to apply to every union in every workplace, right? So use your best judgment. Um, obviously, AFGE is writing for their audience of federal government employees, um, which is fairly diverse, uh, you know, in terms of the workforce and the type of work that is done. Uh, it's not just white-collar employees, for example. Uh, but, you know, I, I recognize that, you know, not every lesson today is going to be applicable to every union in every workplace, and that's okay. Uh, but I do believe that there's some really important information here. And before I get into why this is so important, I wanted to share a little bit about my experience with new employee orientations on different sides of it. When I started as a high school history teacher, I actually started after the start of the school year. Uh, it was after Labor Day. The traditional new teacher orientation had already taken place, uh, right? So I was one of those late hires. And uh, that meant a small group of folks at the central office after school, as opposed to one of these big events with, you know, many dozens, if not over a hundred folks uh, that take place in the summer. And so I did not get any exposure to the union or to, well, in this case, the association uh, that was, you know, there to represent me as a teacher. Um, and so that is one of the things that I wanted to mention just right off off from the start is that um, hiring happens all the time, right? And it's not just a once a year, uh, twice a year kind of thing, typically. And so I recognize that it's easier said than done, uh, but whenever possible, you got to be able to reach those new employees, whatever time of year they're hired. Right, so I could have easily slipped through the cracks because I was hired in September or October of the school year. Uh, I also worked some new teacher new teacher orientations and other new employee orientations uh, when I was working for the Alabama Education Association. So I have some experience in, in organizing some of these events, uh, some things that I did well, some things that I probably would do differently if I could do it all over again. Um, you know, some good experiences and some learning experiences for sure. Um, it is very 
very important to make a good first impression. And so that's one of the things we're going to be talking about in terms of why it's important. So barring here from the AFGE's guide, which again, can't recommend enough, an important role for union leaders is to introduce new employees to our union so that they understand what the union is, what it does, and why it's in their interest to join. We know from experience that workers form their opinions about the union within the first few days on the job. So how do we maximize the opportunity to welcome new employees and to build a stronger, more powerful union? You need a program that will bring your local good publicity and hopefully lots of new members, right? We should always be striving to grow. We've got to take care of the members that we have but we always should be organizing and should always be looking to grow our membership and grow our numbers. Ultimately, you know, membership is the lifeblood of the union. Without members, there's no union. Without dues, there's no resources. Uh, and without growth, we begin to atrophy. So first impressions count. What's different about local unions that have high levels of membership participation and those that don't. The most important factor, according to AFGE, is that members have had positive personal contacts with the union during their first months of employment. On the first day of work for a new employee, does anyone from the union greet new workers, or is there only official greeting from their supervisor or another management representative? For example, who tells new workers where the bathrooms are, or which vending machine steals your money? First impressions are lasting impressions. New employees who might only hear about the union from the boss may not feel inclined to join the union or be an active member. However, if they get a good first impression from a local union officer or steward, they will be more likely to join and take part and benefit. When the union passes up an opportunity to meet with new employees, it cedes to management the power to shape the new employees' perceptions of the union. Taking an active role in new employee orientations lends credibility and professionalism to the union, demonstrating to the new employee that the union has a role to play. So that's a little bit about why it's important, you know, making that good first impression. And if you have a coworker, you have someone in a shop, a factory, a school, hospital, wherever your workplace is, and they've been on the job for more than a couple weeks and they don't know anything about the union yet, or they've only heard about the union from management, um, you know, that's a failure on our part and we've got to do better. It's really important. They hear from us right off the gate, you know, right out of the gate, um, get that warm welcome. Ideally, there are folks who are in their department in their school, you know, stewards, building reps, people who are pretty local uh, and close by who can give that warm welcome. Um, but the new employee orientations are obviously a big piece of this as well. Um, I would say that you can't rely exclusively on new employee orientations, right? If they can't just see you on day number one, get a good meal, get some trinkets, and then never see y'all again. 
um, that's not a good recipe. So the, the orientations really are a part of it. Uh, they contact from their immediate representatives, their stewards or building reps. That's going to be really important as the follow-up. So in terms of benefits of conducting these new employee orientations, obviously new employees first receive workplace information from the union, not their bosses. New employees develop a positive relationship with the union before they have a problem. That's really important, right? You should have some kind of interaction with the union that's positive before you're in trouble. Because for a lot of folks, that may be the first time they call the union, quote unquote, is when they're in trouble. They have a problem with their supervisor. They're in, in some kind of mess at work, right? And they need assistance. Ideally, they've already had some positive contact and, you know, ideally built some sort of positive relationship with the union before it gets to that point, right? Uh, new employees will see that the union is proactive and the union gets to frame workplace issues from the employee's point of view, not the boss's. So those are a few benefits to why you should do the new employee orientations. I wanna run through a quick checklist just to kind of give you the highlights of what should be involved in a new employee orientation program. Uh, and then I can talk a little bit more about some of these in detail. First and foremost, Negotiate the union's right to participate. You have to be there. And that could be a real source of friction and negotiation. I was once banned from new employee orientations in retaliation for organizing and advocacy I was doing. Um, you know, we were pushing hard against the superintendent on various issues from various directions. Uh, and so recognizing the value it had to our membership recruitment, he banned me and the association from the new teacher orientation and the other beginning of the school year events. Um, definitely took a toll on our membership numbers. Uh, it was a very intentional move and strategic move. And so you've got to be there. And that is something you have to negotiate and you have to deal with. Uh, if at all possible, connect it to a lunch and learn. If you can feed folks, it's going to make them happier, for one thing. Uh, but it also, again, demonstrates some value to the employer, right? If you can go to the employer and say, hey, don't worry about lunch for the new employees on, on orientation day. We'll provide the lunch. That's one less thing they have to worry about. So, Get it in writing, find out who the contact person is, typically an HR person, um, but negotiate that union's right to participate. Get a schedule of orientation dates in advance. Recruit local union volunteers to help. Know your audience. Prepare a new employee orientation kit. Go in with a positive attitude. Circulate a, a sign-in sheet. Show a welcome video if you have one. Briefly review your union's accomplishments and benefits. If possible, invite a district or national staff person or officer to come speak at the event. Walk participants through the union membership form. 
And we'll come back to that one. That one's very important. And then finally, follow up. So that's kind of your, your basic checklist of a good new employee orientation program. And I mentioned already a little bit in terms of negotiating, getting your foot in the door. Um, that's obviously the first step. And it could, t could be a fight that you have on your hands, but hopefully not. Um, something to be aware of is also that more and more of these new employee orientations are online. And you still want to be able to participate you know, to the fullest extent possible, right? So that's going to be something you're going to have to negotiate as well. Um, if there's an online component, can you show a video? Can you be a guest via Zoom? You know, whatever you can work out with the employer. Uh, and AFGE in their resource even has sample contract language. Uh, so it's a really, really handy resource there. Uh, the next thing in terms of connecting the union orientation to a lunch break, that can be important in more than one way. Um, not only does it give some value to the employer, not only does it literally feed folks, uh, which always makes them happier. Uh, I've always been a big proponent of feeding people whenever possible. Any kind of meeting or event that you're doing for the union, bring food, bring snacks. Uh, if you can feed a meal, feed a meal. If not, at least bring snacks and and some light refreshments, it always just helps, you know, people's comfort. Um, and, it's, and it's a good way to just build relationships with folks. Um, but connecting it to lunch can be important if there's restrictions about union recruiting on company time. Uh, for example, Jacob told me that the federal employees cannot recruit a member. They cannot sign up a member on company time. So in their case, for AFGE, it's really ideal if they're the last presenter going into lunch, right? So like from 11.30 to 12, they give their talk. At 12 o'clock, from you know 12 to 1, they break for lunch. The employees are on their own time. The union reps are on their own time. They can go around and sign people up during lunch. Uh, so that's really important. Uh, recruiting volunteers to help you with orientation is very helpful. Um, it's really not ideal if it is just on one or two particular officers or one or two particular staff members. Um, I would say even less so if it's staff, um, because the more that the new employees hear from their colleagues, people who are like them, that they can relate to, the better. Uh, so having a diverse group of volunteers to help you out is just going to help out logistically, but it's also going to help you be more effective uh, in reaching people. You of course need to know your audience and whatever you can find out about the new employees in advance is very helpful. Um, you know, are they fresh out of college or these people who are um, maybe coming into a second or third career? Are these people who have worked here before and are being rehired? Are they, um, have they come from another union environment? right, whether that's with your union or another union. Those are all helpful things to find out if you can. The more you know in advance, the better, but definitely know your audience, um, right? Uh, just depending on the type of workers you're speaking to um, and sometimes even the setting of the event can all make some difference on how you want to approach it. 
you definitely want some kind of new employee orientation kit. Um, I'm always a believer that not only do you feed people, you leave them something tangible that they walk away with. Whether it's paper, you know, swag and trinkets, you know, it can be hit and miss. Um, use your best judgment on that. Um, you know, if it's available, go for it. Um, I don't know how effective that kind of stuff is. Uh, it really depends on your workplace. You know, if you have a particular item that you know uh, is going to be used a lot. For example, if folks have to wear an ID badge and you have union branded lanyards, you know, that could be a great giveaway for new employee orientation. Uh, but you definitely want some kind of welcome kit uh, with a welcome letter with some background on the union, uh, with some information about their, their contract uh, or policies, um, dues and how much dues are, when they pay dues, what that's about. Uh, that's definitely, you know, an important part of the kit, explaining that. Um, providing them contact information for the various union officers and officials anyone that they might need to talk to uh, inside the union. That's important to include in the kit, right? So they know who to talk to. They can find out a little bit about their job. Um, they can find out about the member benefits and what the union does in terms of advocacy uh, and, and organizing. And, you know, if they have that information alongside the dues information, they kind of know what they're paying for and that's important for folks. And I'll say this now, and I'll mention it again later probably, this is where talking to your national, international, you know, talking to your, your friends inside the union at higher levels can be very helpful because chances are there's resources available for you, right? Just like AFG has put together this fantastic resource, this guide, um, and they provide other resources to help you execute this program, uh, chances are your union has some kind of materials available for you. So definitely, you know, work with your national, international folks, work with your staffers uh, to try to get all the resources that are available to really, you know, make this a professional uh, and effective outreach. Uh, and go in with a positive attitude. It's one of those things that maybe you shouldn't have to say, but it is important to say. And uh, I've heard some horror stories of folks who were really turned off by the union because of some nasty attitudes that people had. Um, so I mentioned recruiting volunteers. The most important thing about the volunteers is going to be their attitude and their approach to this event, right? So if you've got someone who is... Um, really angry all the time uh, and, and kind of disgruntled um, and maybe they're really experienced in the union because they file a grievance every day on somebody, uh, that may not necessarily be the right person for new employee orientation, right? You want people who are going to leave a positive impression on folks um, who have a good attitude, who are going to be able to chat with folks and have good one-on-one -on -one conversations uh, and get to know people. Um, so that's really important. Uh, I know in my experience in trying to recruit teachers, I had teachers tell me that they have been turned off by other recruiters and other experiences. 
uh, people who came on too strong and kind of felt like a used car salesman, um, people who were very negative, um, and you can take that any way you want, but just negative uh, in, in some of their language that they used or negative about certain types of people, um, you know, using scare tactics, uh, that, that can be a, another pitfall, I believe. Um, and so all those are things to consider, but definitely go in with a positive attitude. Um, just, just try to make a good impression, uh, because this is often the first exposure that folks will have to your union, so it will make a lasting impression. If possible, show a video. If, if you have one from your international or your national uh, if not, that could be something that your local works on. Obviously, it might be a little bit lower budget um, and less ambitious, but some sort of video, I think, could be helpful uh, for these orientations, especially as they're more and more done on the computer uh, and done online. Um, it's just a way to reach folks in a different medium, and I really do recommend it. So again, reach out to your union to see what's available already you know, no need to reinvent the wheel. Um, but there are a lot of unions who have put out really, really good videos for this kind of event, uh, including AFGE. So you definitely want to talk about the union, right? Not just insurance. That is a common pitfall is to approach these as insurance salesmen uh, and not as union organizers. Yes, you want people to sign up and join and agree to pay dues. And one of the big reasons people do that is for protection, right? There's the protection, there's the benefits, and then there's the advocacy and organizing. Uh, but you really got to address all of that. If you just hone in on the, hey, we're the people you call when you have a problem, sign here, and then you can call us when there's a problem, People will view your union and their membership in the union as an insurance policy. And that's not conducive to active membership. Um, you may get them to pay dues, but will you get them to do anything else? Uh, and are, are they going to have a really healthy relationship with the union? Um, when things don't go well, are they going to remain committed to the union? Right? Those are all things you have to, to wrestle with. So I would say really stress the union, share a little bit about the history of the union, share a little bit about some of the wins that you, you've had as a union, some of the accomplishments, share the mission. Every union has you know some kind of mission, a statement, a vision statement, something to that effect. Uh, share that. You know, I know... People hear a lot of that kind of stuff during new employee orientation, uh, but it's important to actually to put that out there, I believe. If you have some time in the new employee orientation, you can even uh, talk a little bit about the contract or policies if it's you know more relevant for your workplace. Um, one thing that you want to ensure the new employees walk away knowing that the union is their resource for understanding their work life. Understanding the contract 
any questions they have about the contract, um, questions about policy, questions about their rights in the workplace. Um, they hopefully walk away from new employee orientation knowing that the union is their go-to resource for those kinds of issues and questions, and they know specifically who to contact. Uh, something else we mentioned, and it's worth considering, if it's the right time and place, uh, is to have an outside person join you. If you can get like a higher-ranking officer, someone from a district level, if you can get a higher-ranking staffer, um, you know, anyone who might lend some, you know, extra credibility to your event um, and, and let people know, well, you know, we really value y'all as new employees. We think it's so important that we actually invited one of our bigwigs to come all the way down here and join us uh, just to have lunch with y'all. Uh, so if it's possible, do that. It just lets folks know you're taking it serious. Again, know your audience uh, and know your guest. Uh, know what they're going to say and what they're going to be like. Um, sometimes just because someone has a title behind their name doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be effective for whatever you have in mind. Uh, so do, do be wary of that, uh, but it could be a, a, a good tip as well. You do want to not only provide them with the orientation kit, but it's worth taking a minute to really go through that kit and show them what they have received. Um, so a lot of times I would put together a folder, a new member folder, and it would have the membership guide, it would have the dues information, uh, and, and all the other things that we talked about, the contact information. And so I would try to take a moment to really pull out that folder and walk folks through what they were getting. Uh, and what resources were available inside that kit. Because, you know, again, people are probably getting a lot of information. It's new employee orientation. They're getting stacks of papers about benefits and insurance policies and, all, and, and workplace policies and all kinds of stuff like that. So it's worth a moment to really explain and demonstrate what you've provided them. A lot of them are going to end up right in the trash can. Right, and so the more you can uh, explain to people what it is they've received and why it's worth holding on to, the better. So again, it, new employees should walk away knowing how to contact the union and who to contact the, at the union. Uh, don't assume that people know your structure. Don't assume that people automatically know Oh, well, I have, if I have this question, I should go to this person because they're my steward. A lot of folks are not going to have that, that understanding. Uh, and unions operate differently, right? You can have someone who comes in with a strong union background, but if it's a different union or a different industry or a different part of the country, it could operate very differently. Um, so be really intentional about letting folks know, here are your contacts. Here's who you call for which question. Um, here's kind of the structure of our union. Um, so when we refer to a steward or a building representative, here's who we're talking about. Um, that's worth doing. And again, 
the AFGE resource has some really great examples there. Uh, if so, if you're not really sure where to start or where to make that, what to make that look like, uh, I do recommend that. I mentioned this earlier with the positive attitude, but you've got to have folks who can have good conversations with the new employees. Um, and you know, maybe that's not your strength. And if it's not your strength, you want someone on your team who is really strong in that area. Uh, just getting to know these folks, asking about where they're from, you know, where what kind of other work they've done, what led them to to start this position, um, what goals they have in mind, um, all of that uh, is good. Just to get to know these folks and know where they're coming from so that you can better know how the union can support them. If possible, uh, in your presentation, do leave some time at the end for questions because inevitably there will be some stuff that you leave out. Uh, inevitably, someone will come up with a good question, right, that you just totally forgot to address or just didn't even occur to you. Um, sometimes it's something really practical uh, that we can gloss over. So do leave some time for questions if at all possible. You know, again, question and answer sessions can always be dangerous because you just never know what you're going to get. Um, and uh, this being union recruiting, you know, I've certainly experienced in the South where you could get some really bizarre questions out of left field, right? You could be talking about the union and, and the value that provides to a new employee in their workplace and then get some questions about abortion or the police, or, you know, stuff that uh, is maybe on Fox News, but not necessarily relevant to your new employee orientation. So you do need to be able to uh, deal with those kind of questions if they come up. Uh, but if at all possible, do give people some space and time to ask those questions. They need to get used to being willing to do that. So before you leave, of course, you want to invite them to participate in the union. Let them know about meetings, if you'll have a regular meeting schedule or you already have some stuff on the calendar. Uh, let them know about that. Uh, and you, of course, want to sign them up. You want to recruit them. That's the big part of it, right? That's why you're, you're there in, in the nutshell is to get new employees to become new members. So if you're not able to get them to join on day one or at the orientation, hopefully you at least have some sort of contact information that you can follow up on, right? And you can chase down these leads and get them signed up. But it is certainly easier if you get them signed up at new employee orientation. So take a moment before you wrap up your presentation, pull out the membership form explain how to fill it out and who to turn that into and where and when. Uh, be as practical as possible about that membership form because uh, you'll be surprised how many people will have questions that you didn't think of uh, or, or just get confused over something that may seem simple uh, but for whatever reason is confusing them. And so really be intentional about that membership form and explain how to get it, get it back to the right person. Hopefully you get them signed up right then and there. Uh, if there's some restrictions to that, that's where, again, timing it with lunch 
can be effective. Um, if that's not possible, then you know another option is to have a, a follow-up event. Maybe it's that afternoon, right? If new employee orientations during the workday, but you're not allowed to recruit during that day, maybe that evening you have kind of an after-party type event, uh, and you invite the new employees to that gathering, feed them, sign them up. Uh, that's one possibility. Something that I, I do want to recommend, and this is just for me personally, you know, take it for what it's worth, is I always try to be pretty candid with folks uh, and be honest with folks um, because I'm not a salesman. I'm a believer in the labor movement, and I believe every worker deserves a union, and the more workers have a union, the stronger we all are uh, and the better off all working people are. Um, not an insurance salesman. Right. So I always tried to be pretty honest with folks. And, you know, sometimes folks would come with with legitimate questions and concerns. Um, and I tried to acknowledge those and just share, hey, you know, I understand how you feel. I've even felt that way before. But what I have found is blah, blah, blah. Uh, that tends to, to in my experience, it works better than trying like a more st strong-armed approach. Um, there are people you can strong-arm in, in, into signing, but again, I, I question the utility of that. Uh, I'd much rather have a more honest and authentic conversation with someone. Uh, even if it takes a second conversation to get them to sign up versus risking coming on too strong uh, and possibly turning them off and losing them altogether. But that's just me. So you definitely want to do some follow-up from the new employee orientation. Anybody you didn't sign up, uh, you want to follow up with and see, you know, what they need to join. Um, you also want to follow up with the people who did join. Welcome them into the union. Ensure that they got all the information that they needed, uh, that they know about the next meeting, that they know how to get involved, they know who to contact, etc. Um, that's all very important. The last thing I want to mention before I kind of wrap up here is you're, there are going to be some questions that you need to know how to answer. Uh, first and foremost is why should I join? And you have to ask people to join. All right, the most common reason someone hasn't joined is because no one asked them to. So you do have to ask and you've got to be able to provide an effective answer as to why they should join. I think it's pretty self-explanatory for anyone listening to this today, right? The benefits and advocacy and protection that a union provides um, more than exceeds the value of the dues that you pay every month. Uh, but that's not self-explanatory to everyone, and we have to have a good answer uh, to explain to folks on why it's important that they join in their workplace. One of the most common questions you're going to get is about dues. Um, there's a lot of misconceptions about dues. I think a lot of people think dues are way more expensive than they are. Um, so that's one thing you have to kind of dispel some myths and, and tell people accurately. Here's what the dues are. Here's how you pay. Here's how often you pay, etc. 
Um, and something that you'll have to wrestle with is some folks will say, I can't afford the dues. Well, I mean, our gut instinct is to be like, well, you can't afford not to pay dues, right? Um, to go without the membership is going to cost you a lot more than the few bucks you're going to save every month. Um, and that's from various angles. Um, but again, be able to have those conversations with folks about the dues and the cost. Uh, be able to explain the value that the union is going to provide uh, and be able to talk about the member benefits that the union can provide. I haven't really addressed that much, but, you know, all of our unions provide various discounts and benefits. It's not a very sexy piece of this puzzle. Uh, you know, as a more militant organizing kind of guy, discounts and benefits has never been my forte and I've never like been thrilled to talk about those uh, with new potential members necessarily. But you'd be surprised how often it can be effective. If someone has a concern about the cost of their dues each month, but there's a benefit or a discount that the union offers that they can take advantage of that will offset some or in some cases all of the cost of that due, that those dues, I mean, that's that's really important for them to hear. Uh, and so that's why the discounts and benefits information, you know, it's easy to kind of put that on the back burner, but it's got to be a, a piece of your toolkit uh, because there are folks who will join once they understand some of those discounts and benefits they can take advantage of, um, right? Because they're, they're counting every dollar, they're pinching pennies, and if you can provide a way for them to offset those costs in a real practical way, not just the theoretical way that we all believe and understand, but in a real dollars and cents practical way of, well, actually, if you do this and you do this, that'll save you 50 bucks a month. There you go. So another issue you're going to deal with is the free rider problem, uh, right? Again, this depends on your workplace and your union, but there's a good chance that there are situations where you run into people who say, well, why should I join? I get a lot of the benefits for free, right? I'll still get the pay raise or you'll still have to represent me if there's a contract here. So you have to be able to deal with the free rider problem uh, in a way that is legal and ethical, um, but also effective. So talk to folks about why it's important that they join and they add their voice to the voices of their coworkers. Uh, you're going to run into people who think that they don't need you because they can handle all of their own problems. Um, because they are so smart and so talented and so uniquely special. Um, that they could never need anyone else's help. Or, um, in a similar vein, their daddy's an attorney. My husband's an attorney. You know, that kind of thing. You're going to run into those people. Um, they're not all necessarily lost causes, uh, but they can be difficult to recruit for sure. Um, and so you just got to kind of poke and prod and figure out what is going to work with them uh, and what they may respond to uh, because if they have that mindset, you know, they're probably not approaching this from a lens of solidarity, obviously. Um, and so emphasizing, you know, the, the great organizing work that y'all do 
may not work on that person, right? It may be something else um, that you have to deal with. Um, but that that's also, you know, that's often a problem, you know, folks who think that. Um, and there are some folks who are going to be scared. This, especially here in the South, there are folks who will be scared uh, because they have heard things and been taught things and just all kinds of misinformation out in the ether. Um, you know, we have folks in Alabama who think that unions are illegal. Swear to God, there are people walking around in the state of Alabama, and I have no doubt elsewhere, who think that they're not allowed to have a union. There are a lot of folks who literally don't know what it is, could not give you a definition. Maybe they've heard of one, uh, but couldn't tell you what it is. And there are other folks out there who are, you know, vaguely aware of what unions are and what they what they do, but they think it's for, you know, those Yankees up north, right? They, they don't think there's unions down here. So, you know, I'm particularly thinking of my, my southern brothers and sisters here, you know, those are things that we have to deal with and we will run into at a new employee orientation, people coming into it with that kind of consciousness. Um, and so you have to, to be prepared for that. Um, and the fear part, part of being at new employee orientation is to address that fear, right? Because if you're there at their work site, feeding them lunch on their first day on the job, it's not quite so scary. That helps. Uh, it does lend some credibility to the union. So as a wrap up, I just wanted to kind of remind folks to, again, stress the union and the vision of the union, stress power, stress control, stress the victories that you've won. Don't fall into the trap of selling this as an insurance policy, right? If you come across just like the disability insurance people and the accident and death dismemberment people and the life insurance people and all the other folks that, that are talking to them at new employee orientation, uh, you've really missed an opportunity. Ensure you're able to get new employees to join. Do whatever you can organizationally, structurally, to have that opportunity to sign up new members. Uh, because the more you sign up at new employee orientation, the better it is for all of y'all. It's easier on the new employee, frankly, to go ahead and get signed up then, rather than that be one more thing they're having to think about. Uh, and so I, I would always chase down my leads from new, new employee orientation, sometimes for a month, you know, of repeated phone calls and emails and uh, just contacts to try to follow up with these people because they started their new job and now they're really busy and they have a lot on their plate. And yeah, they keep meaning to fill out that form and get it back to you, but they just haven't gotten around to it yet. So maximize this opportunity, get as many folks signed up as possible, use the resources available, uh, whether that's videos or graphics, handouts, brochures, use resources available from your national and international. Uh, don't be afraid to spend some money on this. It's an investment that's going to more than pay off if you get these new employees to become new members. So don't be afraid to buy lunch 
or bring other goodies. And just remember that these new employee orientations, or they're your opportunity for a first impression on potential new members. And it's gonna be a huge tool in retaining your density. So if you do a bad job, you can get membership that isn't primed to be activated because they see it as an insurance policy. Or you can even get people who are hostile to the union because they were turned off by the orientation. Um, and of course, if you're not there, you have the issue of folks who don't even know about you. So if you don't use it, you're just leaving a tool on the ground that the boss can use instead. So that's why new employee orientations are important. Uh, I hope this has been helpful in terms of some, some ways to have an effective new employee orientation program. Uh, as I wrap up, I wanted to share some of the really cool events that Labor Notes has planned over the next month or so. You can go to labornotes.org slash events to get all the details here. But uh, on September 26th, they have a stewards workshop dealing with difficult supervisors. That sounds really good. Uh, really interested in that one. So workshop has limited capacity and is really for stewards and elected officers. Uh, so please register only if that applies to you. In Atlanta on September 16th, they're having a Secrets of, of a Successful Organizer Troublemaker School. So uh, check that out in Atlanta September 16th for those of you in the area. Uh, on that note, Secrets of a Successful Organizer workshop series will be brought back in September. Uh, and so that's going to run on Thursdays, September 14th, 21st, and 28th uh, in the evening from 7 to 9 p.m. Central Time. So if you've never taken that class, if you've never been to one of those workshops online or in person, highly, highly recommend that. Uh, Labor Notes is also bringing back their classic workshop, What to Do When Your Union Breaks Your Heart. That'll be on September 5th. So that is it for today's episode of Shop Talk. Hope it was worth your time, and I really appreciate everyone listening. If you enjoyed it, please share it with your network and make sure that you're plugged into our work. Just a reminder that the Valley Labor Report is a working-class media collective dedicated to lifting up labor struggles throughout Alabama and across the South. We bring you Alabama's only union talk radio show every Saturday morning with the first half from 9.30 to 11 a.m. live on FM radio through WVNN here in the Huntsville listening area. The entire program is online via Facebook, YouTube, and podcast, and portions of the program are replayed on WZZA in the Shoals and WHIV out of New Orleans. We encourage you to check out our website, tvlr.fm, uh, where we publish regular news and commentary. You can sign up for our email newsletter, including our Boss Watch and Last Week in Southern Labor newsletters. And you can also check out our merch at tvlr.fm store. We rely on donations and sponsorships to put out all of this free content. Really appreciate the local unions and organizations that have sponsored ads on our main Saturday show, as well as Labor Notes sponsoring Shop Talk. So please hit us up if you're interested in becoming a sponsor. Our single biggest source of contributions comes from listener donations, and you can make a one-time donation or a recurring contribution at tvlr.fm slash donate. Whether you donate, share, subscribe, or just listen, we really appreciate your support, and we can't do it without you.
So if you share our mission to grow the Southern labor movement, if you share our belief in the power of solidarity and collective organization, if you want media that is for working people by working people, please, bec please consider becoming a recurring donor at tvlr.fm slash donate. All power to the workers. Solidarity, y'all.